0: This is part 10. If you want to start at part one, or you know, the whole playlist is there. So if you click that, then, uh, you know, if you left off with part three or whatever, how is everyone? Um, I know I've, I've been putting these up every day, but I'm gonna take a little break. So, um, I don't know what to do with things. Wrinkly Shiva shirt day. Uh, let see if I can remember. Usually I, like, listen to the end of the previous one to figure out where I left off. I think I left off with the word scholarship. So I'm going to assume that that's correct and uh, just start right here. Oh! Chopin. Is that how you pronounce it? Chopin. All right, anyway. um, Where were we? He recalled that he wrote it on the occasion of the founding of the Psychological Club, and regarded it as a gift to edith rockefeller mccormick for founding the club he gave copies to friends and confidants he inscribed a copy to adolph keller quote this little book that i entrust to your well-meaning and friendly forbearance brings a wish with it. It would like to have a good cover in this cold world weather. The non-author and copyist. Okay, Presenting a copy to Alphonse Meder, he wrote I could not presume to put my name to it, but chose instead the name of one of those great minds of the early Christian era, which Christianity obliterated, it fell fell quite unexpectedly into my lap like a ripe fruit at the time of great stress, and has kindled a light of hope and comfort for me in my bad hours. Hmm, that's interesting, because this book says it's by Carl Jung. So, I guess it wouldn't have sold well if they called it Valentinus or something. Is this wonky? Are we wonky today? A little wonky? It's okay. A little wonky's okay. Here's something fun. Um, after yesterday's... I I cut out two little bits and posted them as shorts, and one of them I called Abraxas. Ah. So the god, the new god, that was born in Jung's soul is Abraxas. Okay. I mean, you know. Alright. Alright. Yes, and... He's a chicken. And, uh... Yeah, so, you know. Shorts on YouTube, you know, they're trying to compete with TikTok. It's like the new Cold War. My friend Chris says he misses the old Cold War in that particular specific context. Anyway. Someone, you know, YouTube got rid of the dislikes, but you can still dislike something and the creator will find out. And one person saw that and disliked it. Was it because I called Abraxas a chicken? Because he is a chicken, he has a head of a chicken. Was it because I said that those, the, the God that unfolded in Carl Jung's soul was a Abraxas? Because he's the one who said that? Was it because you don't like my face? Oh, what can I do? Anyway, just thought I'd share a funny little behind the scenes shit. Maybe it's not wonky. Anyway. All right, now we're in a new section. <clears throat> it's called Toward Analytical Psychology. Very serious. In 1916, Jung wrote several essays and a short book in which he began to attempt to translate some of the themes of Liber Novus into contemporary psychological language and to reflect on the significance and the general applicability of his activity. Ooh, the general applicability my activity? What is the general applicability of my activity? Just kidding. I don't have one. Um, Significantly, it was in these works that he presented the first outlines of the main components of his mature psychology. All right. He attempted to translate what he had learned from the spirit of the depths into the language of the spirit of the times." YouTube shorts. A full account of these papers is beyond the scope of this introduction. The following overview highlights elements that link most directly with Liber Novus and the Black Books. In his works between 1911 and 1914, Jung had principally been concerned with establishing a structural account of human, of general human functioning and of psychopathology. In addition to his earlier theory of complexes, he had already formulated conceptions of a phylogenetically acquired unconscious peopled by mythic images of a non-sexual psychic energy Um, okay i mean it just seems a little odd it's like saying a non-hamburger fruit stand anyway i mean maybe back then it was assumed that psychic activity, what was it? I I already lost track. Psychic energy. Non-sexual psychic energy, as opposed to regular psychic energy, which is totally sexual. Anyway, sorry. Continuing. Of the general types of introversion and extroversion, of the compensatory and prospective function of dreams, and of the synthetic and constructive approach to fantasies. While he continued to expand and develop these conceptions in detail, an additional concern begins to emerge strongly in these papers, the attempt to provide a temporal account of higher development, which Jung termed the individuation process. This presents the central theoretical result of Jung's self-experimentation. The full elaboration of the individuation process. Oh, you use your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar. As and its historical and cross-cultural comparison would come to occupy him for the rest of his life. In nineteen sixteen he presented a lecture to the Association for Analytical Psychology entitled The Structure of the Unconscious, which was first published in a French translation in Theodore Flournoy's archives de Here, he differentiates two layers of the unconscious. The first, the personal unconscious, consisted of elements acquired during one's lifetime together with elements that could equally well be conscious. The second was impersonal unconscious or collective psyche. While consciousness and the personal unconscious were developed and acquired in the course of one's lifetime, the collective psyche was inherited. In this essay, Jung discussed the curious phenomena that resulted from assimilating the unconscious, he noted that when individuals annexed the contents of the collective psyche and regarded them as personal attributes, they experienced extreme states of superiority and inferiority. He borrowed the term godlikeness from Goethe and Adler to characterize this. This state arose from fusing the personal and the collective psyche and represented one of the dangers of analysis. What was, what was, in what way is it a danger of analysis? All right, Jung wrote that it was difficult to differentiate the personal and the collective psyche. One impediment was the persona one's mask or role which represented the segment of the collective psyche often mistakenly regarded as individual okay so your role in society is is often mistaken for your individual, but, as, okay, okay? When one, and I mean, it's interesting, because they say, they, they say, something said once in a book I heard about, that um, the silent generation, which, I mean, there's the greatest generation, then the silent generation, then the Boomers, right, then Gen X, yours truly, then the Millennials, which came four years after me. So they call me, I mean, they, a different they refers to the Cuspers as Zenials. You might say I'm a Zenial if you draw it in 1980, but if you draw it in 82, it's four years away from me. 78, if you were wondering, anyway. Then Millennials who are now like, in their forties and uh, and and Gen Z. I think um, there was Gen X, millennials, then Gen Z, which means in between the two is Gen Y. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But yeah, no. They say that the silent generation is is characterized by identification with their role in society. That if you're, and this, my dad was Silent Generation, and he was a professor. He was not a cool, hip, rock and roll dude who also happens to be a professor, like Mr. Bowens or whatever, you know, um, one of my teachers anyway. uh, And yeah, a doctor is a doctor. A, A lawyer is a lawyer. An accountant is an accountant through and through. That's who they are as a person whereas Gen X was much more like, fuck it, man, man, oh, man, you know, like that. <laughs> so they wouldn't necessarily, they'd think of their, their job as a job, generally speaking. Obviously, there's exceptions, dots in the yin-yang and all that. Um, but yeah, he's talking about, like, in the 19-teens when your role in society can be mistaken as your individual identity long before the silent generation just anyway random thought without any real substance um okay yes where were we the second yes no we've already read that in this essay um, inherited collective psyche collective blah 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 extreme states of superior dangers of analysis okay I'm way past all this uh, yeah okay. when one analyzed the persona the personality dissolved into the collective psyche right which resulted in the release of a stream of fantasies quote all the treasures of mythological thinking and feeling are unlocked End quote the difference between the state that ensued from this at insanity lay in the fact that the former was intentional right two possibilities presented themselves one could attempt to regressively restore persona and return to the prior state however it was impossible to get rid of the unconscious alternatively one could accept the condition of godlikeness The third way presented itself, uh, a third way presented itself, which consisted of the hermeneutic treatment of creative fantasies. I'm gonna go ahead now, and uh, I know I should know this, but just for you guys, you know, for your sake, if you don't know it, I'm way too close to the camera right now, I know, but there's a wire connected, and I gotta try to do this with one hand. (sighs) Hey, Google. Define hermeneutics. Just a moment, it says. It only works. Here's the definition of harmonic. An overtone accompanying a fundamental tone at a fixed interval, produced by vibration of a string, column of air, etc. in an exact fraction of its length. Well, thank you very much, Herr Google. I mean, whatever British people say. That's that's not that's not it. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. Every time I hear it, I just think, oh, Hermeneubis. <laughs> Which, contrary to what seems obvious, is not a combination of Hermes and Anubis, but rather Heru Emt Anpu, Herm Haru Heru on Anpu, Horus and Anubis. Anyway, okay, a branch of knowledge that deals with interpretation, especially of the Babel or literary texts. Okay, all right, that's kind of what we're doing right now, kind of, in an informal way. treatment of creative fantasies ah the interpretation of the creative fantasies as a literary text or like a biblical text that's interesting all right I mean it's interesting on a number of levels I think there's a fourth way he couldn't have foreseen which is when you have um, people who grow up with union philosophy and, and psych- psychotherapy and concepts as part of their 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 what's given to them as valuable and uh and then that becomes the society in which they receive their role which then in prying off to get to what's underneath to have the fantasies in the first place in order to interpret them one has to <sighs> it's like a fractal it's a little bit like a fractal anyway. um incomplete thought perhaps where were we um which resulted in a synthet- synthesis of the individual and the collective psyche, revealing the individual lifeline. Is that this one? one? Sorry. Um, This was the process of individuation. In a subsequent undated revision of this paper, Jung introduced the notion of the anima as a counterpart to that of the persona. He regarded both of these as subject that's Imagoes. That's I M A G O E S. All right. He defines the anima as "quote how the subject is seen by the collective unconscious." End quote. Okay. Um hey, would you mind um hypnotize yourself real quick and let me know how you see me cuz I want to know what my anima looks like. Never mind. The vivid description of the vicissitudes, yes, of the state of godlikeness can be taken as representing some of Jung's affective states, not to be confused with effective or effective affective. affective states during his self-experimentation the notion of the differentiation of the persona and its analysis corresponds to the first entries of book two where jung set himself apart from his role and achievements and attempted to reconnect with his soul the release of mythological fantasies is precisely what ensued in this case and the hermeneutic treatment of creative fantasies was what he presented in layer two of liber Novus. the differentiation of the personal and impersonal unconscious provided a theoretical understanding of his mythological fantasies it suggests that he did not view them as stemming from his personal unconscious but from the inherited collective psyche If so, his fantasies stemmed from a layer of the psyche that was a collective human inheritance. They were not simply idiosyncratic or arbitrary. In October of the same year, Jung presented two talks to the Psychological Club on adaptation and individuation. The first was titled Adaptation the process took two forms adaptation to outer and inner conditions inner was understood to designate the unconscious adaptation to the inner led to the demand for the for individuation which was contrary to adaptation to others the answering of this demand and the corresponding break with conformity led to a tragic guilt I'm hoping that when I listen to this later, that sentence will make sense, because honestly I was spacing a little bit, and I think all the correct words came out of my mouth, but uh, I don't know how it all led to the phrase tragic guilt. Hopefully you do, me in the futur. Is it futur, or is it... which oh that's not the end of the sentence that there's a comma after tragic guilt i'm sure you're still with me right which required expiation and called for a new quote collective function end quote this was because the individual had to produce values that could serve as a substitute for his absence from society wow i feel called out right now Okay, all right, I I hear you. A little bit bit same pagey here. Um, Yeah, yeah, those values don't line up with any of the ones in any of the scripts that people are playing with, right? Which script is it where you withdraw from society and live off your savings and do weird shit like read Jung and Buddhist books and go to the beach? with your wife I don't think that's any of them that's none of the scripts proletarian, old money new money uh, middle class, good old American Protestant uh, new age spiritual uh, I mean that's a little closer I guess but not quite Yeah, I'm definitely in a state of carving out my own path I mean, there's this thing that Gordon explained to me. He, he was an ex-Scientologist because, uh, what's his name, Burroughs was an ex-Scientologist, so Gordon became a Scientologist so he could leave and be an ex-Scientologist. I mean, that's probably oversimplified, but he, was, he always said I, was, I would do overt motivators, and I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you do the overt, that means you do something, usually inappropriate. And then afterward, you ask yourself, why did I do that? And then you come up with a reason why you did it. A motivator. But there was no motivator, you just did an overt. And uh, yeah, so it's like, I can stop and reflect, why did I do that? And then come up with a rational reason that uh, aligns with values. And if I'm feeling kind of ornery, if I'm feeling kind of frisky... I can try to make those values match up with uh, the scripts of some of my friends, but not other friends. Or if I'm feeling like like I really want a challenge, I can try to make it line up with the scripts of all my friends, but that's impossible. And so I find myself kind of isolated, which is kind of fine, because that was the point to begin with. Um, just a little personal story, why not? Why not? Break from the uh, the reading just a little bit. Where were we? Um, uh, and the the sentence after tragic guilt. Let's just say that. Um, was there a bookmark? Was there a gun on its way? Um, Rick and Morty and one. Rick and Morty and Carl Jung and white guy, blonde white guy. I I fit into a demographic that I don't fit into. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? Do you know? Do you have any clue? I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I'm I'm just wondering. I'm curious. That's not the demographic I identify with. Um, I was uh, cleaning some things and rearranging some things and some of my Buddhist statues had cobwebs on them. And I was like, fucking spider, right? And so then as I was cleaning up the cobwebs, this little solid looking black jumpy spider jumps out from behind one of the statues. And so I grabbed a little napkin and I'm trying to murder the sentient being, like you do in your Buddhist office temple, right? And uh, then he got away. And then later, I was doing yoga because you know it's the kind of guy I am. Actually, it was because I was having some back pain, so I was just doing some really gentle back opening, laying on my back, moving my legs from side to side, that kind of thing. Bridge pose, shit like that, you know. And I look up, and way up high is that same little freaking spider. So I got up, I grabbed a mop. I come in here, I reach up to about a full extent of my arm with the mop, and it doesn't quite reach the spider, the roofs are kind of high here. and uh, So I go grab a stool, and I come in here, I put the stool down, and I stand on top of it, and I reach up with the mop, and I hit it, but it jumps, very jumpy spider, and it lands on my zabutan, where I keep my zafu, where I meditate. So I jump down from the stool and I start trying to back, trying to smush the spider into my zabutan, right? And he's very jumpy. He's dodging, dodging left, dodging right, and then the corner of the mop grabs the, the like wooden dowel at the bottom of my shingon kakejiku and rips this hanging banner with all these, like, inscriptions and stamps from, you know, the red stamp, the goshwins from different Japanese temples, just rips it, and I'm feeling foolish and sad, and, uh, long story short, I found some super glue and fixed it, but, uh, I relearned a lesson to practice a little more ahimsa, at least in my personal temple space. I thought it might be fun because it's easy enough for me to kind of show you. Uh, there is where it ripped. Looks fine now, right? Can you hear me? The microphone's way over there. Looks fine now, right? See, this is where I where I shoot Buddhist books. I I, I move the Zafu Zabuton over in front of the bookshelf. and uh, I sit there and I read these books. So later, after a year and a half of that, I decided to start this chicken philosophy and read this book, these books instead. In addition, and it's been interesting. Actually, it's it's nicely opening up a new corner of my brain. Um, I've been insisting upon um, reading reading these books in order, and the first six books are nothing but rules for monks and nuns, which are fun at times, and I try to make it fun. You can check that out if you want. It's here. Okay. So, you know, thank you. I mean, I guess there's a few people watching. Um, hi. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll continue reading next time. And who knows? Who knows what shirt I'll be wearing. I certainly don't. Okay.